Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. It's time to turn your garden into a smart garden on News Radio 830 WCCO. Smart Gardens, an hour of expert advice and answers to all of your lawn and gardening questions. You can call 989-9226 or text us at 81807. Now, here's Denny Lawn with this week's Smart Garden. Yes, indeed. Good morning. Welcoming your lawn and garden questions by phone and by text. Who's in studio with us today? Master Gardener Teresa Rooney is back. Hi, Teresa. Hello. It's good to be back. It's good to see you again, I, as usual. I told you that I came in for the pumpkin spice. You did. You like yep, that, that kind of coffee? I like that kind of coffee. Yeah, yeah. I'm kind of girly like that. Yeah. <laughs> but it's, yeah, we have a new machine for you It's now. a nice machine. Yeah, I figured it out. Even. Uh, very good. <laughs> Which is always high a good High-tech stuff. <laughs> That's high-tech yes. stuff. <laughs> and uh, from uh, Mickman Brothers, Jared is back with us uh, this morning, the uh, turf guy. Turf guy. He's the turf expert. What is your real title there, Jared? That's uh, a lot of things. <laughs> I, I'm, you I'm multitask. Their, I was just telling Teresa I'm their grower as well, um, but I also am the lawn health consultant. Yes. All right. Yes. I like that lawn health consultant. I like that that's too. Good. Lawn, that's I'm going to write that down. That, that's why that. what should be we should be thinking of our healthy gardens. Yes. Not, not just yeah. So if you do have a, a garden question or a lawn question, today's your day. Uh, Teresa's going to do her best as she always does. I say we'll and, try. And Jared uh, will as well. So six five one. Nine eight nine nine two two six. That's the number. You know we tend to get busy, so if you have any kind of a lawn or garden question, uh, now's your chance. Or send a text eight one eight zero seven. And guys, we already had some text messages right. before we uh, even started the show. Here's one. I bought a potted azalea. You both ch- uh, chime in on, on mm-hmm. these answers if you like. Um, I bought a, a potted azalea plant at Easter. Put it outside for the summer. It's doing great. What can I do to get it to bloom again? It depends. Um, if it's a zone-hardy plant for us, you could plant it in the ground, um, and, and then it should be okay for next year. If it's not zone-hardy for us, you're going to have to bring it in and uh, try to keep it going through the winter. And it's really hard sometimes to keep those shrubs alive during our in our houses because our houses are so dark, they're so dry. Um, but that's an option. You could bring it in and just try to keep it alive in your sunniest area during the winter. But it really depends. Sometimes when you buy them for an Easter gift, they're not zone hardy. They're a, they're a hothouse thing. Okay. So it depends. Depends. All right. I tell you what, let's, I know we're getting calls right now, a, a ton of them. Chris and Chaska is first up here. Chris, everybody's listening. What's your question? Hi, Chris. Hi, thanks for taking my call. Um, I have several hydrangea bushes outside, and mm-hmm. I'm wondering how to... Winter them over. Do I cut them back? Do I leave them be? Sure. Do you know which kind of do you know which kind of hydrangeas they are? All I know is they're zone hardy for Minnesota. Okay. All right. Um, um, with with things like clematis and hydrangeas, there's some that bloom on old wood, some that bloom on new wood, and some that bloom on both. So it depends on how you're going to prune it. Is going to impact your flowering. But for the most part, going into the fall, you don't want to be doing any pruning right now on anything. 
If anything's been planted this year, what I would do is make sure you keep watering till the ground's nearly frozen. I mean, not continuously. Keep it moist till the ground's frozen, water as needed. And then um, the first year for anything that you've just planted, I would um, give it an extra heavy mulch just before, like a bag, some leaves, just before the ground starts to freeze. And the reason you do that is because the plants that are just newly planted this year would not have had as much time to root out and be really stable in the ground. And then come January, if the ground's bare or not much roots, sometimes they can pop right out of the ground. They frost heave right out of the ground. So so those are the things I would do for any plants, trees, or shrubs that you planted this year and um, that are hardy. And then I don't, don't do any pruning because you want things to go into the, into the winter with as much... Um, as much mass as they can, and do protect things from buddies and deer, too. Okay. Good luck. Ken is calling uh, with a question for uh, Jared, I believe. Ken and Egan. Go ahead, Ken. We're listening. Yeah, say I have uh, I battled rust in my, in my lawn this past year, and um, I'm wondering what causes that. And also, should I be putting down that I've seen that Scott's antifungus um, stuff at Menards or Home Depot. Should I be putting that stuff down? I do have a lawn service, um, but every once in a while, it like comes and goes. I don't know if it's too much moisture from the rain or what it is. Yeah, we've had calls, uh, Jared, about rust before. Is it is it rust looking? Uh, yeah, so that's a good question. Um, we didn't have any fungus questions last week, so this is good. It does a lot of times come down to uh, watering practices. Um, Make sure you're watering early in the morning just so that your lawn gets a chance to dry out right away when the sun comes up, the tissue part anyway. Um, you you see your, your lawn stay wet overnight a lot of times. And a lot of times with that heat, and we had a lot of hot, humid weeks for long stretches of times that kind of aggravate that that uh, fungus development. So um, smart watering and, um, you know, you know, just watching the weather kind of thing. Is what about that application he was that talking application, about? That application, you can absolutely do that, and that'll help. Um, and that's something you could do, you know, in the spring or fall if you're still seeing issues, or even in the summer when that uh, when that that rust appears at first. Okay. And one other thing, not to not to throw anybody under the bus, but you may just want to double check when you're seeing the rust and when your lawn service has been out. Oh. Because if they are not cleaning their mowers, they can bring diseases right. from one to oh, another. Interesting. That's a, that's one one issue you have with a lawn service, and most of them are very good. They clean everything. But you just want to maybe double check and, and say, hey, I'm having a rust problem. Um, you know, maybe you want to make sure that you clean after you leave my yard. And maybe then they'll think we should clean before we get to your well, yard. That's too. a good point. Just a gentle reminder. Right, yeah. Texter says this, I have three knee-height lavender trees that have done really well this summer. I planted them in my front garden. I know they are not hardy in Minnesota, but I like to try to overwinter them as an experiment. How do you suggest I do that? Oh, that's a really good question because everybody loves their lavender and rosemary and things. Um, So what I would do is I would uh, dig them up now or dig them up soon before the the ground freezes and it gets... If it's going to be usually under 50 at night, you want to start bringing some of those less hardy things in or, or give them some protection. Pot them up in a pot, bring them into the house, give them your sunniest window, and then you're going to have to check on the watering because even though they're a Mediterranean herb and they like it dry, sometimes they need a little more moisture than you think, maybe a misting occasionally. And so when you're bringing in the lavender and stuff, I would just, first of all, when you pot it up, make sure you clean the pot really well. 
when you bring it into the house, segregate all your plants, segregate that plant from your other plants. So in case you brought in any diseases or bugs, it doesn't transfer. Um, Put it in isolation for like two to three weeks. Then give it the sunniest area in your house. Keep it well watered. Um, A little on the dry side, but moist occasionally. I know that's kind of a weird saying. And and then just watch for insects. Lots of times they'll get uh, spider mites and things. And you can take care of that with a with a shower or even insecticidal soap, but then don't use the lavender. Okay. Again, I want to mention too that our friends at By the Yard sponsor the show every week. By the Yard Outdoor Furniture, those good family-run business down in uh, Jordan, Minnesota. We'll talk more about that coming up. But I think Tom at Little Falls is calling in for a question for uh, Jared. Let's find out. Go ahead, Tom. What is your question? Yes, I have some of the white spots in the yard from grubs. I was wondering if it's too late to do anything about it this year. Yeah, I've seen that too. What's what's the deal with that, Jared? Uh, it's not too late. Um, if you are seeing grub damage, um, they are still active in the soil. So you could do a grub treatment this fall yet. Um, and again, if, if you know you're going to have issues next spring, you could do another application in the spring. And as we talked about last week a little bit, um, a lot of those applications are, are um, you know, a season-long control. So I always tell people it's the best to get after it in the spring or early summer anyway, just to see that uh, better success throughout the summer and into fall. That makes sense. Uh, let's see. Here's a text. Is it okay to trim oak trees yet? Also, when can I plant tulip bulbs? Uh, don't touch your oak trees. Step okay. away from the oak trees. Um, think of all those trees as being trimmed in January or February. So if that helps you, that's when you want to be trimming those oaks, elms, ashes, apple trees, things like that, just to be on the safe side, uh, unless you have to do something major right now. But otherwise, that's the better time when, when there's no insects or diseases around. That's the safest time. Uh, tulip bulbs, you can plant them now. You as, soon, as long as you can get them into the ground, you can plant them. I have planted them in a blizzard. I would not suggest that. There's more pleasant ways to plant a tulip. Um, but if the ground is not frozen or if you can pickaxe the ground open and, and get them in, you can still plant your tulips. Daffodils should be in as soon as possible, sooner rather than later. And don't forget all those minor bulbs. Those little crocuses and fritillarias and, and species tulips are absolutely fantastic and, and can really um, make your make your show make your spring show garden look absolutely gorgeous. I think Jared related to the planting the tulip bulbs in the in the yeah. snow. Yeah. <laughs> Been there, done yeah. that. <laughs> so I touched on this off the air, uh, Jared. But can uh, Texas just sent this in? Can I still aerate? Is that still doable? Yeah, absolutely. Um, aerating is one of my favorite lawn tasks um, to get done in the winter or fall. Sorry, we didn't do it this year, but um, we'll do it next year and. It really is a great thing to do for your lawn, and it's, it's still not too late. Nope. Especially if you have heavy clay like some folks I know. Yeah, exactly. Or yeah. a lot of traffic on your lawn. Kids oh, that helps too. Kids at the postman, you walk. I suppose back and you forth. pound it down. And, it's amazing yeah. the things we yeah. do to our soils. <laughs> right. I'll tell you what, we need to take a break. So let's do that. We invite your questions, your calls, and your text messages. 651 989 9226. Folks on the line, hang on. We're going to get your questions answered when we come back. Or send a text, 818. 818- Eight zero seven. Uh, Jared's in from McMahon Brothers, and of course our friend Teresa Rooney, Master Gardener, who joins us from time to time, is in studio as well. Hey, good morning. Welcome back to CCO's Lawn and Garden Show. We call it Smart Garden. It's brought to us by our friends at By the Yard. And in studio, if you're just joining us, by the way, we have uh, busy lines and text messages 
to uh, to answer. Uh, Jared's with us again from Mickman Brothers, and uh, Teresa Rooney, our master gardener, is with us as well today. All right, let's put you back to work, guys. Uh, Todd and Zimmerman is calling in. Todd, we're listening. What's your question? Hi, Todd. Um, good morning. Hey, I've got a sandy soil. I'm up in Zimmerman, and I'm looking to, for a recommendation of a shade tree that I want to plant, something that's you know hardy and, and clean and, and fairly fast-growing. Could you give me a couple of ideas of what I should be looking at? Um, first of all, I'd suggest going to extension.uman.edu and click on the Garden tab, or just Google Shade Trees UMN, and they have really good suggestions there. Um, off the top of my head, I, um, I that's still zone three, zone four, right? You're still zone four. You're south of St. Cloud. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I can't remember where you said you were calling from. Sorry. Um, mind is already gone. Um, I would try things like maybe, um, depending upon, you know, look around what's growing in your area that looks good. Kentucky talk, coffee trees are good. Try to get a female so then you don't get the, um, the pods. Um, you know, I, I don't mind these pod things, but some people have problems with it. And the nice thing with the Kentucky coffee tree is it has um, compound leaves, so it'll give you some some nice shade, but it'll let a lot of sun in, too, in the wintertime, so that's kind of nice. Your maples will work for you. I would plant them quite shallowy, shallowy, shallow, and um, make sure that you, you get one that maybe maybe not the autumn blaze, but maybe a different maple um, siesta or, or fiesta or something like that. That's a nice one. Um, an elm tree would be very nice for you. Get one of the resistant elm trees. It will give you some nice shade. There's a lot of shade. You want to, you want to figure out how big do you want this tree. Make sure there's no overhead wires. Um, make sure you call 91 or 811 before you dig. Um, that's pretty much what I can think of. Jared, do you have any favorites as to first trees? <laughs> uh, no, she covered it pretty well. Uh, <laughs> we do sell a lot of maples up there. I bet. Um, but like she said, there are some cleaner ones than than others. So. Yeah, and and you know, you, you just have to remember, you know, trees. Um, the, the, you don't want to plant. Everybody shouldn't be planting maples. Right. We have a lot of maples already, so if you can diversify, that's nice too. Um, because there's things that eat maple trees, and mm-hmm. you know, we are going to lose a bunch of ashes, and we've lost our our elms, and and so we just kind of have to really diversify our urban forests as much as we possibly can. So look around what's growing nice in your area. And um, sometimes always the fastest growing tree is not the safest growing tree, uh, but you do want a tree. And it's amazing. Buy the smallest tree that will make you happy. Um, the, the big bald and burlap trees, they look nice and big, but your smaller trees within five years have caught up to your big bald and burlap trees, and they've adjusted a little bit better. Think of it as um, a young person adjusting to a move better than an older person. You're not as established. So so younger trees adjust very quickly to their environment and you can really take care of them. And, um, you know, if you get a bald and burlap tree, you have to baby that tree for nine or ten years. I mean, baby it. Um, if you get a smaller tree, you can stop babying it maybe after three or four or five years. So it really depends on, on the caliper of the tree, how long you have to be specially taking care of the watering situation. Here's a text that uh, says, ants have invaded my yard, ant hills everywhere. Should I get an ant eater? Uh, what, <laughs> what can you do in the lawn now, Jared, about the ants? Are, I don't know if those are zone hardy. <laughs> I don't think they're zone hardy. <laughs> um, no, there's there's some good products out there that, that will control a lot of insects. Um, some people don't like to use them all the time because you do lose some of your, your beneficials in the soil. Um, but there are some different sprays and granulars that can help control that. Um, Improving your turf density is always another good uh, cultural practice to to try and get after to improve your your soil health and um, you know leaf canopy as far as turf density goes. 
All right, I'll tell you what, I know we have to break, but Bev and White Bear Lake has been hanging on the line here. Bev, what is your question, please? Hi, Bev. Hi, thanks for taking my call, and thanks for your wisdom. I have some hostas in containers that I recently got, and I'm trying to figure out the best way to put them in the ground that will keep them going well next year. Mm-hmm. You know, um, wherever you go to site them, just make sure it's a kind of a shady area. You don't want to put them in the full sun. Just go ahead and plant them at the same depth, depth or a titch higher than they are in the pot. Uh, hostas can get a crown rot in the spring if they get really wet and, 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 and soaked. Um, and then just keep them well watered and, and maybe give them a little bit of leaf uh, leaf cover as the ground starts to freeze. Pull that back in the spring. They'll be fine. They're a hardy plant and you're going to love them. All right. I tell you what, guys, we have another half hour of the show to go. So hang on. We'll take this quick break. Have a look at that forecast. 651-989-9226. Text is 81807. We'll be right back. And good morning. Welcome back to our Smart Garden Show here on CCO. Brought to us every week by our friends at By the Yard Patio Furniture. We'll talk more about that great company coming up in a moment. Um, if you're just joining us, we have, I see one line is open if you want to fill it, 651-989-9226. Uh, Jared is back with us talking turf with Mickman Brothers and Teresa Rooney, Master Gardener, also helping us out this morning. As I told you guys, a lot of text messages. We have callers, too. Let, let's grab some calls so they, they don't have to hang on the line as long. Uh, John is on a cell phone, I believe, first up here. Go ahead, John. Hi, John. Hello, John. Yes. How you doing? Hello. Or, how are you? I'm building a new house, and I need some tree help. And I thought I heard you talking last week about planting trees, and you thought it might be late. My the designer I'm using and garden center people, I stopped by a garden center and they said it's a great time for tree planting. It's and a great, heard- yep. It's a great time for tree planting. Get them in. Your maples especially can go in up until the ground freezes. Um, just get your trees in. Make sure you're planting them at the right depth. You want those, the first roots to be right near or at the surface level. Um, you want to give them a good drink of water. Keep them well watered till the ground's frozen. And uh, do protect them from bunnies and deer because they will really enjoy the bark of those trees and girdle it if you don't. Oh. Yeah, go ahead. Get those trees in. Plant hundreds and thousands of trees. Is that pretty good for shrubs too? I mean, Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, you're is... getting to the end of the, the yeah. shrub time, but I'd get the trees in. You know, your evergreens should already be in. That's a little iffy. Yeah. And, you know, anything you're planting this time of year and and Jared can hold, hide his ears right now. Just keep the receipts um, because then if they don't make it through, you go back to the garden center in the spring and say, hey, it's dead. But you right. do your very best to keep it alive and everything will work out just fine. I'm sure Mickman Brothers handles all that stuff. Oh, well. I mean, that's yeah. what it is. But, yeah. uh, you know, that's just common sense. You know, hold it, hold your receipts. No, that's true. That is a good point. You know, it's just those. a reminder to keep those. So, yeah. so you know, and you do your best as the as the planter to get them in and going. Good luck, John, with that uh, the new digs there. Uh, Joyce in Stillwater is next up. Hi, Joyce. Hi, Joyce. Yeah. Yes, I I have a bank that I cannot mow on the east side of my lawn, so I proceeded to plant it with perennials. Mm-hmm. But in amongst the perennials, I have a lot of moss growing. Is that because it lacks sunshine, or it- what's it, What's the problem? That's a that's a good question. Lots of people get moss in their gardens, and it really doesn't impact the gardens at all. But the moss is kind of an indicator, and it's telling you that the soil isn't as fertile. 
that there's not as much sunshine, there's not as much air circulation, and maybe it's a little damp. So it could be any one of those things. Um, If your plants are doing okay, I really wouldn't worry about the moss, and I just think of it as a nice ground cover. If, however, your plants are, are, are struggling, then try to figure out, is it too moist? Is it not enough sun? Um, is the soil not fertile enough? And maybe you can add some compost that will help the soil fertility and um, cut back on some of the moss. But the moss is just kind of an indicator. It's not going to hurt the plants. Um, but if you don't like it, then you can just remove it and just figure out why it's there and then, um, then mitigate that issue. You know, Jared, we get calls from time to time about speaking of moss in, in the lawn. Mm-hmm. What do you, right, what do, you yeah. do about that? Um, I've seen pretty, it in my yard. Yeah, pretty much exactly what she just said. Um, you know, it could be low fertility. Um, I, you see it obviously on north sides of the house where there's not a ton of sun, um, and it does stay damp. It's usually in the shade. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's there's products too that that can that can help. Would aeration in the lawn help that too, or no? A little bit. Um, okay. It might. That's probably not. You know, not, I wouldn't say aerate your lawn if you have moss, but um, it would definitely still probably help. Um, with that soil circulation. But, yeah, the fertility is a big thing and as well as the, the moisture level. Or just grow a moss garden. They're absolutely beautiful. <laughs> there's, there's a positive thinking there. I love these texts that come in and they're, the spelling is done for you. And I know this person wants a, about a, a, a soil test, but this text, I'll just read it, said they had a soil test done. <laughs> I wonder what they found out. Very high levels of phosphorus. Yep. What can be done to fix this? Even hostas won't grow. Probably the phosphorus is not hurting the hostas. Right. We all have high phosphorus in this area, in the seven-county area. It's it's just what happens in our soil. That's why we don't add phosphorus to our, our lawn food and thing, our lawn fertilizers. Um, you know, the hostas are probably not growing for other reasons. Um, I'm not sure what it could be. Maybe too much shade. Maybe they're planted too deep. Maybe it's too wet. Maybe it's too dry. But phosphorus shouldn't impact the hostas. Texter says we have a Harrelson apple tree with a 30-foot spire and we can't reach the apples. I would like to trim the tree this winter. Do I dare cut the spire back? You can. Okay. Sure. It, it, you know, you just, you don't never want to take off more than a quarter of the tree canopy at one time. So you can cut that leader back. Um, it will, when you do that drastic of a pruning and you're doing the 25%, pruning, you're going to see a lot of water spouts the next year, um, branches coming straight up from the branches, and you will have to keep those trimmed there. They um, will just block a lot of the light. And, but when you do a major pruning and a revi- renewal pruning on a, on a fruit tree, you do see a lot of that, um, that, that response to that pruning. And they have so much energy, they just send up water spouts like crazy. Here's one, Jared. <laughs> I think I know what you're going to say. What's the best grass type for growing under black walnut trees? Um, Good luck. Yeah, we talked a little bit about <laughs> about shade and, and not specifically walnut trees, but shade under under trees. Um, there's better there's better shade um, shade grasses. Fescues do great in the shade. Um, so what is it with the black walnut that has that? I can't remember. Chuglone. Yeah, oh yes, exactly. Yeah. yeah. What does that do? Or it, doesn't do. it's a it doesn't impact grasses. It does, but it no. it impacts things like tomatoes and apples oh, and lilacs. Okay. It's, it's a it's a chemical the tree uses to prevent competition, and so it actually kills some of the other plants around it. Um, there is a book called The Best Plants for Thirty Tough Sites. Anyone can get it online for free. There is a whole page in there for um, plants that grow under black walnut trees, and you may want to look at that because rather than trying to grow grass in the shade. Right. Um, maybe just 
grow something else and, yep. and yeah. you know, throw some hostas and some Canadian ginger and some epimediums exactly. under there. It'll look just beautiful. All right. Let's see who's uh, back on the phones. Uh, Kathy is calling from Cambridge, I believe. Hi, Kathy. Hi, Kathy. Hello. Good morning. 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 Hey, I just wanted to comment on the people who are planting trees. Um, I've planted hundreds of them on my property over time because it was a bare lot when I got it. But I just wanted to comment uh, two things. One, there's messy trees, you know, with the helicopters and stuff. So be careful what you buy if you don't want to clean up. And then the other thing, the bigger thing is pay attention where you plant your trees. Because not a single tree will ever fall on my house or outbuildings. Yeah. So it's location, yeah, location, location, location. That's a good point. Yeah, yeah. watch where you, because mm-hmm. some folks, mm-hmm. oh, it grew. It grew. <laughs> yeah. and, and know the full size of the tree. You know, if it's going to be 40 feet, is it going to be 70 feet tall? That's that's a pretty big difference there. Yes. You know. All right, let's see who is next. Joan is calling from Roseville for Jared, I believe. Hi, Joan. Hi. Good morning. What can we do for you? A question. Uh, we have a weed and feed application uh, coming up in a few weeks. We also want to aerate our lawn. Which do we do first? Uh, I would get that aeration done before they come and do that. Aeration? Yep. Aeration absolutely. first. Okay. All right. That's all I need to know. Thanks, right, guys. Yeah, thanks for coming. Now, is it getting a little late for other applications, would you think, if it's um, going to be in a few weeks? Yeah, I'd say usually. Um, kind of old saying was was you could do an early fall and a late fall fertilizer, but um, I kind of am more on the side of just doing one in the early fall. Yeah, the, yeah. the university is just saying do the winterizer, yep. okay. you know, in September, and that's it. Yeah. Okay. All right. Ed is calling from Bloomington with a question. Good morning, Ed. Hi, Ed. Good morning. Good morning. I have... A number of coleus plants. Some I started from cuttings from last year, and I had them in the house, and I put them outside, and they just did great. Mm-hmm. The new, the ones I bought from the nursery, uh, put in pots in my yard, and they started to flourish pretty well. And they got about two foot tall, and then they started having holes in the leaves, and the leaves dropping off. I haven't seen any bugs. I sprayed them. What's going on with them? Um, holes in the leaves is often some kind of insect um, eating them. We did have a lot of Japanese Japanese beetle issues, and it wouldn't surprise me that if Japanese beetles were trying to eat them. Um, and maybe they just preferred one over the other or the location. Uh, you know, I wouldn't I wouldn't fault the coleus. It's probably just the location or where it was. But you know, bring some of those in, grow them again from from cuttings, and keep going. Texter says uh, trying to find out why their morning glories are not blooming uh, oh, last year or yeah. this year. I could not yeah. find an answer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we've had a lot of a lot of talk about this on the mascar. Um, you're you're being too nice to your morning glories. First of all, don't feed them. If they have a rich soil, they won't bloom. They need a very lean and um, and uh, very very not very fertile soil. So don't feed your morning glories. Also, they are uh, a little depend upon the um, length of the day. And so they there are ones like Grandpa Ots that will bloom a little bit earlier, more toward Jan, uh, January, more toward July 4th. Uh, lots of the other morning glories aren't going to bloom until the very end of the season. It's just how it is. They need those really the, that type of sunshine. But I would guess that if you're not getting morning glories for two years, your soil's too rich for them. Should I plant my garlic now? Yes, plant your garlic now. All right, very good. On that note, we'll uh, take a quick break here. We have more show to come, more Smart Garden here on A3OWCCO. 
40 is our Twin City Temperature Reading. Welcome back to our Smart Garden Show here on CCO. We have callers. We have texters to help out here. So let's get to it. Let's see who's been waiting. Uh, Katie is calling from Blaine, I believe. Thanks, Katie. What's your question? Hi, Katie. Hey, good morning. My question has to do with a baby blue spruce. Mm -hmm. I put it in this spring, and I just want to know what do I need to do for the winter? That's a really good question. Um, And do this for all of your evergreens. You want to make sure that your evergreens are watered up until the ground is frozen. Um, as they go into winter, they will keep um, losing moisture through their needles, so you don't want them to get dehydrated. Um, and once they get dehydrated, then they come out in the spring and they all turn brown. And you don't like that. So keep them well watered. Protect them from critters if you have to, whether that's um, a little fence or whatever you have to do, they will they will do that. That's pretty much all you have to do if you want to give it a nice layer of mulch as the ground gets frozen. Um, you can do that for your newly planted evergreens, but the watering for all your evergreens is vital. All right. Is it too late? Texter wants to know to prune a burning bush and apple tree. I would not do any pruning right now on anything. Oh, okay. Yeah, no pruning. When's the best time to transplant hosta? Anytime. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> They're tough critters, aren't yep. they? All right. Let's see who has been waiting out there. Dan is calling from Apple Valley, I think, with a question. Hi, Dan. Hi, Dan. Good morning. Say, uh, I've got a mature ash tree mm-hmm. that I built a, an outdoor kitchen under. It mm-hmm. has a cedar shake roof, mm-hmm. and it's dropping all over the top of it. I need to cut back mm-hmm. the ash tree. I'm wondering when the best time for that is and if there are any general rules of thumb january february um and also the best the best well make sure you probably want to have a professional do it because you don't want to drop a limb on the on the roof that's up to you though i I would suggest a professional in this case um you don't want to do any pruning when there's any chance of insects around uh so that puts it at january february and you never want to take off more than a quarter of the canopy at one time so figure out how many how much you're going to take off it may have to be over 2 years and um and that's what you do then and do it in january february Jared a texter writes uh is using the lawnmower blade with the wire uh a proper way to aerate the lawn. I haven't seen one of those for years. Do they still make those? Uh, they do, and I think he might mean more of uh, power rake. Power rake, getting that dethatching um, process going. And actually, speaking of aerating, I always encourage people just to do that instead. It's you're going to damage less uh, crown tissue, um, and that aeration process still helps um, organically manufacture and improve that dethatching process at the soil surface. Yeah, you. So. I'm learning from you experts that dethatching is not really. Need it. If you mow properly, you never have a thatch problem. Right. It's okay. only when you keep cutting into the stems of the of the leaf, of the grass that you're going to have ah. a thatch problem. They don't disintegrate fast enough. Okay, Just cut into the leaves. All right, let's see. Let's see. I know we have a bunch of texts. We can kind of do kind of a lightning round okay. if you like. Uh, let's see. Since we go away in the winter, mid November to March fifteenth, we will be trimming our oaks the last week of October. Uh-huh. Oh boy! To the first week of November, they need it desperately. We have one acre and can't go through another summer like this. It's tough to get that cherry picker in three feet of snow. Yeah, that's yeah, true. I understand mm-hmm. that, but it's it's a, it's kind of a... Yeah. A professional would be able to do it, though. Um, so what you're going to have to do is, um, you know, lay, wait as long as you possibly can. Um, and then what you're going to have to do is do the pruning properly, whether you have to do a three-cut a three cut or a, a one-cut, depending upon how big the branches are. Make sure you're only taking off a quarter of the canopy at one time. And every time you're going to have to cut or you're going to have to um, uh, disinfect your pruner, cut, 
and then immediately put a pruner sealer on. And you have to do that for every single cut. So disinfect, cut, seal, disinfect, cut, seal for every single cut you do. Texter by the name of Dave is requesting we get warmer weekend weather so Dave can go out and get some awesome autumn pictures. Um, I'm sorry, Can you do Dave, anything about that? No, I'm not going to because you need those, that cool weather to promote the leaf color. He's got a lot of good vision there. Yeah, uh, Dave, yeah, good but, luck with but, that. No, you need the cool weather, so um, <laughs> I don't think we can do that for you, no. Jared, I know we've <laughs> talked about this before, and, and our listeners have suggested, as far as the, ant, you know, the anthill problem, mm-hmm. uh, pouring boiling water on the anthills works every time, so says the texter. But can that hurt your lawn? Uh, probably won't, um, you know. So it won't sterilize it or anything like no, that? No, right. It should. You'll burn the grass. And what you do is the ant, what you see of the anthill is one-tenth of it. So you're ah. only going to kill, you know, a little bit. And pretty soon Fred and Wilma are going to be I'll way be down back. below. And they're going to say, we haven't heard from Hank in a while. And let's go re- re- revitalize the hill. How can I protect my hydrangea bush from deer over the winter? Uh, chicken wire can be your friend. Um, that would be my best guess. Um, th- that would be the easiest way. Just put up fencing. Uh, you can put up a, a fence high enough so they can't get in, or you can put up a fence uh, like five feet uh, uh, high, but maybe two feet apart in, in a concentric rings around them, and then they can, the deer don't have the depth perception to jump through over it. I have, Texture says, a knockout rose in a pot. Can I winter it in my garage? Uh, maybe uh, you can if it's if it's an attached garage and it's going to be right on the inside wall where maybe it'll stay at thirty two degrees. You just don't want it to freeze and thaw and freeze and thaw. Um, it would be easier just to sink the pot into the ground and then dig it up again in the spring. And we get this question, as I'm sure Jared does from time to time: Is it still a good time to plant grass seed? Uh, yeah, we're starting to push a little more um, the later in the season we get, but we still look for that four weeks, four to six weeks. What would happen? If uh, someone planted it, and, I, you know, as I said, the, the, the weather looks, you know, mid, maybe the mid-70s by midweek, mm-hmm. but that's not always going to be the case here. What about a week after that? It's the highs in the 40s, like right now. Well, it just depends. I mm-hmm. mean, the baby grass might make it, or mm-hmm. the seeds might be eaten by migrating birds right. or mice. or yeah. There's all it, kinds of factors. It's but, all kinds of factors. Yeah. Are sweet potatoes from, quote, decorative sweet potato plants edible they're edible but you probably don't want to eat them they're okay. they're not going to taste very good they're not bred for to be eaten they're but they are edible but you're not going to like them you guys think uh, texture can plant norway spruce now no cannot a little late well, for it's way late oh, okay. again if you have to you have to and just keep the receipt and do the best you can they want eight weeks and i don't think you have eight weeks before the ground freezes now jared you're going to be showing up in bigman brothers today I am going right back again. Go right back. Drive up 65 there. <laughs> That's right. That's yep. where you're located, right off high, uh, 65 in Hamlet. Yeah. That's right. Yep. All right. I'll see you next time, right? Absolutely. I'll be All here right. next week. Thanks, Jared. And, Teresa, thank you for thank your help. Thank you, and I'll be at usual. the Whittier Farmer's Market. Oh, today. <laughs> today. Right. Excellent. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.